When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Today, we are doing our first ever, hopefully the first of many, listener Q&A. We can talk about boys and what we think you want to know all day long, but we decided to put it out to you and ask what you wanted to know, what your questions were, and we got some really interesting questions back. It's interesting to see the themes that come from your Facebook group and your uh, business page and my Facebook group and my business page and, and how, you know, we're, we're kind of all in the same loop here. Mm-hmm. And so I want to share the first one from Stephanie and she says, Hi, I listened to your podcast and just finished listening to the one with Amy Lang and had a question. I know she says we should begin talking to boys about bodies at age five. I was wondering if this still applies to boys who are always using potty words and has a horrible filter. My son unfortunately goes to school and talks to his friends about poop and butts with no filter. So the first thought I have for Stephanie, it is completely, totally, 100% normal for five-year-old boys to talk about poop and butts and to take a lot of pleasure in it. And here's the other thing, as strange as this may sound to us moms and teachers, five-year-old boys bond by doing this. Uh, It was in kindergarten when my son, they were drawing the giraffes in art class and he drew a pile at the back end and labeled it poo. (laughs) And he got in trouble with the art teacher because she didn't think that was appropriate. But he got a lot of social approval from his friends. Let me tell you, like that kind of made him a hero in the kindergarten class. Yeah. And this comes up a lot in my parenting talks and, and moms are always like, Oh, what is it about fart jokes and all of these things? And the dads are just sitting next to them, shaking their heads. Yeah. It's funny. It's good stuff. So this is, 
all the way through up to adulthood. You know, I have to tell you, my husband and I were reading, we're getting old. We were flipping through his issue of AARP magazine. And Mm. we were reading this article about um, health, you know, things, what's, what's a big deal, what works, what doesn't work, what's a fad. And one of the things that works is fecal transplants. If you're not really into health, you might not want to know about this, but as a writer, and it goes with this, as a writer and as a mom of boys, there was the best quote ever in this article. And it was a quote from a doctor saying, a lot of people have poo-pooed this idea over the years. That cracked me up. And part of it is because I have lived with these boys for long enough to realize it is funny. It is universally funny. Let it go. Don't be all uptight about it. There's the famous book, Everyone Poops, right? Every, you know, get that from your library. And here's the thing. It's also an opportunity to provide our boys with guidance as to what is appropriate in what situations. Exactly. So, so I certainly wouldn't want any parent to not talk to their kids about butts and poo and penises and all of these very important things for fear that their kid might make jokes about it at school. I mean, that's what kids do. And yeah, you're probably going to get feedback from somebody at some point that your kid said something in, you know, it wasn't appropriate in that situation. And that's when you talk about when and where it's okay to share these jokes with your friends. And maybe in church during the sermon is not the best time to, you know, loudly giggle when your brother farts. Yeah. Or at grandma's dinner table. You know, it's it's location, 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 Absolutely. location. <laughs> Absolutely. But Jen, I got to just interrupt you here and uh-huh. circle back a little bit because you said two words that I have no clue what they actually mean. And I'm sure our listeners are as curious. Fecal transplant? Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> okay. So for those of you who don't know, we're going to do this quick. In case those of you that don't care, don't leave us. In my other life, I was a nurse and now I, I write and a lot of what I write is health content. And long story short, you may have heard about the gut microbiome, right? How we all have very different okay. bacterial makeup in our guts and that influences our health. So basically, they have found that there are ways to transfer the gut bacteria from people that have healthy, you know, healthy microbiome to some people who are like really, really sick, have been dealing with issues for a long, long time. And yeah, they use poo to do that. They take the poo from the healthy person and they process it and they, yeah. All right. Okay. I'm good. Yep. Good. Uh, As far as we're going with that. Wipe that out. (laughs) Let's get back to pee and poop. And, you know, another thing I want to just plug in here, because it relates to this question too, is is kind of that idea of gross and Mm -hmm. like the art teacher of, oh, poo underneath a giraffe picture is not, actually, I thought you were going to say he drew a great big penis, but. um, That's what I thought she was going to say. I was really (laughs) pleased when it was a pile of poo in an appropriate spot. Exactly. And so my point is that we as the adults can take some of this with a grain of salt and let it go, let it go. And and yes, they are going to be gross. And 
um, not to get upset when the teacher calls home and says, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, I wish that the school had handled it in such a way where, you know, this is a great opportunity to talk about, yes, giraffes poop and all animals do. And here's how or why maybe it wasn't a good idea to put this in this picture that we were going to hang up in the hallway. Like, talk about that part. But the fact is he had some basic information about how bodies work. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. When I got the call from school, he was so upset. And at this point, he was going to school very close to home, like a block and a half away. I actually went to the school because he was just like so upset. He was upset that he got in trouble. You know, he didn't need me to yell at him or reprimand him at that point. Like that had been handled. He just needed a hug and he needed to know that I, I still thought he was okay. And that's pretty much all I did. Yeah. And there's a basic level of shame and humiliation in that story. And and this is a thread that we have talked about before. And I want to um, give Stephanie some reassurance also. You know, it changes. These guys, like the dads and like me last night, they may always find the pee and poop jokes kind of funny, but your teenage boys are not going to be doing this to the same extent your you know six year olds and your eight year olds are right. they do mature it changes yeah. so it this changes so on that note, you have to tell the story that you told me before we hit record today because it relates to Amy Lang and you know it all ties together um the the one about how my son's friends are giving him a hard time about his mom being a podcaster. That one. (laughs) So I learned this week that um, one of the things that my 15-year-old's friends are doing, and by the way, Riley, if you are listening, hi, how are you? Thanks Riley! (laughs) They like to find me on social media because I'm one of the parents who is pretty active on social media and I'm putting out there things that I do and it's about boys, no less. So they found the podcast and he plays Fortnite. We've talked about that and mentioned that on here before. It's a video game. They play connected over the internet. He's got his headphones on. And so um, they will blast an episode of the podcast in his ears to try and rattle him because it's his mom talking about boy stuff and they just find that hilarious. And I was telling Janet before I was uh, trying to make my kid feel better. And I said, hey, at least... I'm not the one, and I was referring to the episode with Amy, at least I'm not the one who's talking to other people about how to talk about sex. You could have it worse. I'm only (laughs) interviewing the person who's talking to parents about how to talk about sex. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits, and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes. And then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. 
Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is, deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, Increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. And posted a really interesting video this week about masturbation. Yes. Saw it. Yes. We'll, we'll include that in the link. If you've not seen it yet, uh, it is a, a fantastic episode where she's really talking about how we need to talk to our boys about porn in the relationship to masturbation. And it was a link I'd not thought about before. Gotta love Amy. So we'll link to her, we'll link to that podcast also. Let's take another question. I think we went way off track there, but um, hopefully it was helpful. Yes. This is Janet and Jen unplugged. Unplugged. And while we are unhinged today, I would say. (laughs) So here's another developmentally, a developmental question And that is, at what age is experimenting developmentally acceptable and when is it a red flag? When not to ground them for life, 
and when to educate them and let them grow. And this could fit many contexts, but the contexts from Heather is vaping, which is a thing. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know what vaping is, uh, it's something that a lot of teenagers are doing and experimenting with. And it's sort of, as they think of it, in lieu of smoking cigarettes, it's where you use the vape juice in like this electronic pen looking device and uh, vape. And it's marketed to kids. And I saw a video about this too. I'll try to get you the link and we'll include it in the show notes. Um, I thought about this question a lot. And some people may be surprised by by my answer here because if you've been listening for a while or or following my blog, you know that I am a pretty laid back parent, right? Try things, see what happens. I don't set a lot of super strict boundaries because like they have to find limits for themselves. Vaping is one of those things where I'm not going to say it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Is it unusual for a kid to experiment with it? Absolutely not. It happens. But if it was my kid, I wouldn't ground him for life. I don't think there's anything worth worth grounding for life, but I would let him know in no uncertain terms, this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Because remember I said a little bit ago, I'm a health writer also. The research has showed so far that this is not safer than cigarette smoking, maybe in fact just as damaging to the body. So we're talking about an activity that can damage a part of the body, the lungs, that you need your entire life. Like to me, that's nothing to mess around with. Mm-hmm. So I would approach it from that standpoint, you know, and talk about how and why it is completely unacceptable. And I do not support that. And we would have to think and discuss consequences as well. Yeah. This is a tricky one too, because. Um, I can think about earlier years when cigarette smoking was the thing that you did in junior high and snuck off and smoked cigarettes. Vaping is odorless, so there's less chance of getting caught, I guess. Realistically, you can sit with a teen and yada, yada, yada about health effects. And you and I both know that they could care less because they're invincible and it's not going to happen to them and they're not going to get addicted because that doesn't happen to Mm -hmm. them or their friends. So there is a place where it is time to just, as you said, like this is the limit. You may not go past this limit and here are the consequences and you can help them you can have them help you determine the consequences. Right. Right. But there will be consequences. And if it means that you don't get to go hang out with your friends for a while, oh, well. You know, I think the other thing that's important for parents to know, if they don't already, Mm -hmm. we may have listeners who are way ahead of me on this, but um, people can get marijuana and use it in the vape pen so that what looks like, oh, I'm just vaping, it's no big deal, they may be using illegal substances too. So that's just another thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of information out there Mm -hmm. about vaping already, but you know, for me, you don't ground them for life, but neither is it acceptable. Yeah. 
even though you might want to ground them for life and yes. you might threaten it and that's okay too. But, and I think this goes into the, the bigger discussion too of, of pot because I live in Oregon. Pot is totally legal here and it's widely available. There's a pot shop pretty much on every corner and yeah, you have to be, I think 21 to, to buy, but that's worked out really well that, with alcohol, hasn't right, it? <laughs> right, right, right. No teens. So, so it's the conversation way, way ahead of teenage years about, you know, your job as the parent is safety. And mm-hmm. that starts out with, you know, a seatbelt and then a helmet and then all these choices that you have out there. And I still am your parent and we're still going to make safe choices and yeah, you're going to want to experiment, but you get to experiment inside this container, not mm-hmm. your choice, my choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, that caveat that you can say and do all the right things and your kid may still well make some bad choices. And then as a family, you wrestle through it. Yeah. You'll yeah. come out on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're really having, if your teen is really challenging you or is having issues with addictive substances, seek outside help. You do mm-hmm. not have to do this all by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so find those wise individuals have, that have been working with teens for years and get some help. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. So let's tackle um, another one of these questions, Janet. I really liked this one from Kate. When do you need to back the school and their approach regardless? And when should you challenge it? And I'm assuming that this question refers to a topic we've talked about a lot, which is that a, a lot of what happens at schools isn't necessarily boy-friendly. Yeah. I mean, I would like more information specifically about this from Kate, but I think that it is a place and it, of course it's age dependent, but my mind went immediately to homework. Like, are we going to force you to do homework because the school says you have to do homework, you know, to, to really look at, and this is such an opportunity for those kinds of conversations of, all right, this is one person or one school's opinion or the teacher's opinion. And here's our family values, because I think everything can go back to the filter of family values. And then and you lay it out on the table and you have the conversation about it age appropriately. I mean, if your boy's in first grade, of course, you're probably not going to do that. But especially middle school and high school, kids need to have these kinds of conversations where they can express their opinion. And then, you know, you bring in another opinion and it's called conversation and discourse, which we're totally getting away from in our world. And we need to have experience with that as parents, as kids, our kids need that experience. Mm -hmm. You know, this is one that every parent wrestles with. I'll say every parent of boys, I've not been a girl parent, but I'm sure it comes up for parents of girls also. And you go back and forth. You kind of walk that line. Do I push back? Do I not push back? And for me, what I try and do is I don't want to 
actively undermine anybody at the school in front of my kids, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if the teacher has imposed a consequence or if the administration has imposed a consequence, right? First of all, my first reaction is definitely not to blow up, you know, or say something or that, that teacher's stupid or, oh my gosh, how could that be so dumb? Uh, I don't do that. I, first of all, I know my kids and this is true for all kids, but I'm only hearing their side of the story. So I reach out and I try and get the information from the school because they may have more information that's important to this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't undermine. And then depending on what's going on, I kind of do this dance sometimes where I will try and work with the school, whether that's an individual teacher, as we've done on some issues like classroom behavior issues, or with the school as a whole, for instance, on like recess policy, when they get to go out, when they don't get to go out. I will try and work with the school to work towards changes. Mm -hmm. And I will let my sons know I'm having these conversations with nice. the school so that they know I have heard you and we're talking about this. And at the same time, this is what the rules or the circumstances are now. And so this is what you have to play by. And as you said, that's developmentally a really important thing because rules are different in different places. Policies mm -hmm. are different in different places. And that's something that our boys have to learn how to navigate as they grow. Yeah, definitely. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Listener Q&A. Stay tuned for more questions in part two coming up next week. You can find our show notes at onboyspodcast.com. That's on-boys-podcast.com. Our show notes include links to all of the resources we mentioned in today's episode. Until next time. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.